Hey, Summer. You wanna play me? All right, pal. I've been waiting all summer for this. What do you got playing? <laughs> it's gonna be a good summer. <laughs> if you're looking for a summer vacation spot, you found it. Our hotel is luxurious and food. Another summer at Paris. I can't. I swear. <laughs> Come on, it's not that bad. Keep your eyes open. There's lots of men around here. This place is a summer restaurant. Looks like it hasn't been open for 10 though. Go for summer. Died last summer. Died how? Day. The smell of waffles and Brussels sprouts filled the summer air until. And what is up, podcast people and soundtrack users around the world? You're listening to The Soundcast, the official podcast of tracksounds.com. And this is episode 65, which is going to be our summer review. I'm your host, Christopher Coleman, and on the Soundcast, we talk about all things film music, TV music, video game music, and whatnot, because that's what we like to do. And on the line with us today, of course is Edmund Meinertz and Richard Buxton. Guys, how are you doing this morning, afternoon? I'm doing pretty good, yep. Good, good. Well, us in the U.S. are, I mean, it's not that early, but we don't usually record at 9 a.m. on a Sunday. Um, So I want to say an extra special thanks to our two guests this morning, Eric Woods, who's the host of the Cinematic Radio Show. Eric, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, man. And Kristen Romanelli, who is a writer, interviewer, um, extraordinaire at Film Music Online. Film Film Score Monthly. I don't know where, I don't know why that always just... Where did that come from? (laughs) I don't know. Is there still a Film Music Online? (laughs) There must be somewhere. But she's not a part of that. She's with Film Score Monthly. Kristen, welcome back to the Soundcast. Thank you very much for having me back. It's good to have you back. And you know what? We're going to jump right in to this baby. And uh, we want to talk about what we've been listening to. And we'll start with our guests first. Kristen, what have you been listening to? I have been listening the heck out of the Great Gatsby release. They finally released the score. And I have been listening to that. An obscene amount. (laughs) It's it's not bad. It's not bad, is it? It is not bad at all. (laughs) And it's just a shame that it's been a digital download only release thus far. I know. I would love to have this as a physical copy, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I mean, it's so late after the release of the movie. Um, But I'm really glad that it happened. When I interviewed um, Craig Armstrong, I asked him specifically about this, and he wasn't sure whether it was going to happen or not. So, I mean, at least an on-demand CDR or something. I mean, something. (laughs) It's just just insane, because it really is one of the best scores of the year. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Awesome. That man um, knows his way around a string section. He sure the heck does. <laughs> he sure the heck does. Let's hope for an a, 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 a awards promo or something. I mean, they've got to. I mean, what? Well, anyway, um, Eric, what have you been listening to? Uh, I've been listening to Mark McKenzie's uh, new score to the uh, sequel 
and prequel to the ultimate gift called The Ultimate Life. Mm -hmm. uh, that comes out on Brez Serban, I think it's soon, um, yeah. Monday. I think uh, but um, I always enjoy Mark McKenzie's music, and this score is its a blend of uh, southern bluegrass music along with his, like, it's patented warm string writing. It's nothing complex. Mm -hmm. um, it's not going to challenge you, but Mark McKenzie just always writes good music, and it's music from the heart. He always wears his heart on his sleeve when he's writing his scores. Yeah. And so I have yet to hear a bad Mark McKenzie score, so this one's just fantastic. So anytime he's writing anything, anywhere, I always get excited. So this one was a was a was a treat so i got a chance to listen through it uh yesterday so it's a really fantastic score nice yeah you know oh sorry it go seems ahead. to me like um um mckenzie is very choosy about his projects yeah he, he only seems to go after things that really inspire him and it's usually sort of religiously themed stuff but yeah the music that he does write on those things it's worth the wait oh absolutely uh i was gonna say that um you know you made a statement eric that i never really thought about and uh, he really has never written a bad score, and I can't really think of one that comes to mind. Uh, yeah, even pretty... his early, even his early stuff is fantastic. So he's um, he was. I mean, he was along with like Patrick Doyle, uh, a composer I thought would never write a bad score, but um, you know, Patrick Doyle's kind of been a little bit off recently for me. So Mackenzie's just every time I hear his music, it's just it's right on it's exactly what i expected from him like i said it's not challenging but sometimes yeah. he does write that sort of stuff and he has the capabilities of doing it and i kind of wish he had um a little bit more exposure and and yeah. uh, bigger projects but um you know i, I yeah. this one's just um another just fantastic score i think people who like the spitfire grill by james horner i think will enjoy mm -hmm. um yeah. the ultimate life yeah I, I think i prefer the ultimate gift i think that's a little bit more consistent from start to finish uh, I was a little surprised, you know, because the opening theme, his main themes are always just amazingly luscious and all of that. And then it just, it kind of just like changed, boom, guitar. And I'm like, whoa, wait, hey, what's going on? You know, so that surprised me a little bit. And I don't remember, it's been a while since I've listened to the Ultimate Gift, to be honest. But I don't remember if it had that same kind of eclectic uh, vibe going on in it. Did it? I can't, I can't recall, but you're right about that first track on The Ultimate Life. It just kind of starts off and you think it's going to hit this lush string melody and all of a sudden boom it's just this jarring break <laughs> yeah. so uh but i think yeah. the last three cues are really fantastic on this uh album and the song's not bad either so yeah yeah very true all right uh richard buxton what have you been listening to i have been listening to the score from a documentary called Superfish: endless journey um it's, hmm. a, Kore it's a korean documentary i haven't seen it myself mm -hmm. uh but it's not about super-powered fish, it's just, <laughs> just about fish in general, apparently. Um, okay. But the score is it's not by a Korean, it's by uh, Taro Iwashiro. Oh, is as it? As you might okay. guess from me. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's pretty typical for him, which means I like it a lot. But um, if it's a score, if you don't like his typical sound, maybe it's not something you enjoy. But yeah. what I do find strange is the complete lack of good composers in Korea. Considering mm. the last 10 years, their, their film industry has been pretty good, I think. Mm -hmm. But continuously, they keep going back to Japan. And I'm just wondering why they really don't care about film mm. scores in general. 
so few that's of them. a good point that's a very good point because sometimes yeah. you can really it really brings the movie down sometimes really because yeah. it's not a korean of, composer no because the composer is not good oh because, <laughs> so they have a they have a korean composer and in general they're not good at all oh i see i got you so the good yeah. ones are generally japanese guys well i just happened to see uh, as I was going through some of the fall winter releases, movies, upcoming movies, <laughs> a title caught my eye that was called uh, Vikingdom. I doubt any of you have heard of it. <laughs> um, I do encourage everyone to look at the trailer on YouTube because, oh man, you you will uh, have it's a treat. Um, <laughs> super low budget Viking sci-fi fantasy kind of thing going on. Uh, but what the reason that comes to mind is because the the it listed composer on I don't know if it was IMDb or or Wikipedia or where it was someone by the name of Eric O O H when I think O is a Korean name. But then I looked him up and he's a he's an animator at Pixar. So I don't know if he's also doing the score. But um, there you go. There's your Korean composer for Vikingdom. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean there are, there are a couple that are uh, there's one no. called Lee Dong Jun. He's okay, but um, most of the time it's pretty it's awful. Sometimes embarrassing to listen to. <laughs> wow! So. Oh, that that's sad. Well, Superfish, Endless Journey. Is it Taro Iwashiro? Is it yeah. available anywhere? Audio or uh, Spotify? I don't think or it's available for streaming. No. Okay. So it, you'd have I, to go on CD Japan, I guess. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Edmund Minert, what are you listening to? Well, I've been listening to something Korean as well, technically, kind of. Yep. Um, I got a chance to listen to Snowpiercer by Marco Beltrami. And yeah, he, um, and I, well, I've actually been listening to quite a lot of stuff, but that's the one I decided to talk about because a lot of people had it as their anticipated. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, um, it's kind of like the last few Marco Beltrami scores in that there are really good, there are quite really good parts and really not so good parts in it. I've felt that about his last couple scores, mm, um, mm-hmm. and like especially by the time you get to the last four tracks, it's it's quite solid. It'll, it reminded me of like Knowing and iRobot and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but up until then, it's quite a slow kind of slow burning, tense listen, which isn't so interesting to me. But yeah. once it gets to the end, there's good stuff to be heard. Yeah. Yeah, I heard a little of, of that as well. Um, I was kind of disappointed because it's my most anticipated movie mm-hmm. the movie but, sounds um, really cool by the way I yeah. looked up the plot I had no idea about it except for that Beltrami was doing the score and then I looked up the plot synopsis and I was like whoa yeah there's a trailer or two out in there yeah there is yeah. I don't yeah. think the trailer really does it justice based on what I've read about it the reviews have been very good oh really and the okay. trailers were kind of weird it, so they don't yeah, cover you it here half the dialogue and uh, I don't know it's huh. just maybe it's made for Korean audiences and it's a little different Hmm. But it's, yeah, I mean, the movie's mostly in English, though. Yeah, isn't it? but yeah. it's out. It's already out in Korea, but I have no ah. idea when it's coming out here. I've been mm. waiting for ages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been talking about it at least for the majority of this year. Yeah, uh, about your anticipation. There's no release for it. Um, that I've no re- seen. No release date hmm. on IMDb anywhere. Oh, uh, I'm sure it will eventually. Maybe yeah. not this year, but I'm sure they'll so. get it here. Um. So, Snowpiercer, Marco Beltrami, um, is there a soundtrack release? I've heard some clips, so I'm assuming there's a soundtrack somewhere. Uh, most of it's on YouTube. 
Yeah, I've been oh, is it? Okay. Is that where, maybe that's where I came across it. Okay. Um, you know, I was going to say something about it, but we'll come back to that later. I've been listening to uh, the Wyatt Earp uh, limited edition three disc from La La Land Records. Been very, 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 very much enjoying that. It's, it is one of my favorite James Newton Howard scores. Um, lots of interesting alternate cues, some synth mock-ups, which are quite entertaining in their own retro way um uh, it, it just listening to those really astounds me you know that that he and the directors and the producers you know they, they can listen to these mocks and they're like yeah i can imagine that you know uh play by this huge uh, symphonic orchestra and just how grand it's gonna be and i listen and i know what the theme is and i listen to it i'm like wow i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i'd be really excited about that translated to um to an orchestra and so it just that was the thing that kind of took me back I was like wow I just I, I didn't give an, I don't haven't given enough credit to these guys to be able to translate these these synth mock-ups into you know full the full deal and so I I just got a new appreciation for for them in that regard um, and then at the very last track of the, on the third disc is track called it's a boy and jnh speech and so i was like what the heck is that so before i even listened to the whole thing i went, i jumped to that track and um it plays the uh rockabye baby theme um the full orchestra is playing is very beautiful and then i think it's the penultimate track that they recorded and so before they do the final track um james newton howard and i'm not sure who the other person uh, is who speaks but he just gives a little speech about um, how much this score meant to him. And he makes a statement that was just really quite um, profound. I don't know if they say this at all the recordings, but uh, he literally says, uh, nothing I've done in music has, has meant as much as this. And I was just like, wow. I mean, yeah, I was 94. He was, he was already big back then. It, 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 it took me aback a little bit that he would, that he would make that statement. Um, I'm sure it has to do with some of the circumstances in which it was recorded and, and whatnot, but um, it, it, that was just a that's a big statement. And hopefully, I'll be able to cut in a little bit uh, of that from that track, so everyone listening can can hear a little bit of that speech uh, right about here. I just wanted to. Uh, we're, we're just about ready to do the last cue, and uh, this has uh, most of you have been here for the last three weeks. Uh, have done an absolutely incomparable job for me on this score. And it's, uh, I've, I've never worked as hard on anything in my life. Uh, nothing I've done in music has meant as much as this has, has to me. And I can't thank you all enough for everything that you've all given and I know it's been long and at times tedious, but your support and your professionalism has been uh, incredibly uh, well appreciated. And uh, you know, movies for me have have uh, have always they can't help but become milestones of sorts in your life because they, they do go on for periods of eight to twelve weeks and sometimes longer, and all kinds of things happen during during those weeks, and uh, this one has, has been uh, pretty much the better part of, a, of six months. So uh, during that period of time, my son was born, and, and uh, my life has been a series of wonderful occurrences. 
occurrences. And so you've all been a very, very big part of the, of the happiest and highest time of my life. And I hope that, uh, that being here has meant uh, something significant to you as well. And again, thank you. Um, so, have any of you guys listened to that that release? I haven't yet. I'm looking forward to it though, because I do I do really like the score. I'm actually I haven't seen any track list for it yet. So, um, I'm wondering how can they get three CDs into that? Alternate takes, mock-ups, yeah, mock-ups. Mock yeah, it kind of seems like they're mm, cramming stuff yeah. in there, but because the the, uh, the original album is pretty long. Yeah, it's sufficient, I think. Well, I wouldn't say that. Having listened to it now, it's such a much more interesting experience to get all this extra stuff. And it, it just gives you more context for um, what you did have to listen to you know, all that time. And that movie's really long. Mm, uh, so there was a lot of music that they didn't release. Um, so that's what I've been listening to. And that's what we've all been listening to. And we want to know what you guys have been listening to. And because uh, you're always coming up with great stuff like Superfish Endless Journey that no one's ever heard of. And then they're like, wow, I got to find that. Uh, and how can you do that? You can do that several ways. You can email us at soundcast.tracksounds.com. You can record us a voicemail on, on our little speak pipe widget on the site. Uh, and, you know, from time to time, I get people who tweet at me or send me emails like, man, I want to come on the Soundcast. And... You know, I've never talked to them before, or, you know, it's just like, I don't know you, so I'm not going to necessarily just, yeah, come on. If you want to be on the Soundcast and you have something to say, um, a good way to make that known um, would be to leave us a voicemail. Give us a take. If you if you disagree or agree with something we're saying, you have a point about one of the, one of the scores we've mentioned and what you've been listening to or our main discussion – the speak pipe thing is a real good way to do that. And then I can hear your voice and you're like, yeah, this person can talk. So maybe they can come on the show. That would be my recommendation anyway. Um, so check out the speak pipe uh, thingamabobber on our site of Mabobber and leave us a voicemail. Also, we're on Twitter at Track Sounds. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Track Sounds. You can listen and, to, and subscribe to this here show all over the place. iTunes, of course, Stitcher Radio, we're on TuneIn Radio, and of course we have our own little RSS feed on the site as well. And we've been trying to put more uh, YouTube stuff up and doing some unboxing slash unwrappings because I don't get a lot of boxes of <laughs> soundtracks to unbox, so they're more like unwrappings. Um, and you can find that on our YouTube channel if you didn't know we had one, uh, youtube.com slash tracksounds. All right, guys. We're going to be reviewing, looking back at this year's summer uh, releases. So take a swig of coffee or five hour energy or whatever it is, kind of tea you're drinking, Kristen, and I'm about to do the same. And we're going to get to it. Summer 2013 is essentially over uh, in terms of movies and movie scores. Let me ask you guys, what did you think of this year's batch of original scores? Um, and we'll start with you, Eric. What do you think? What did you think of 2013? 
Um, I think, first of all, as uh, a year as a whole, it's been pretty darn good. Um, and yeah. the summer um, scores, I I was more surprised uh, than anything else uh, with, with the scores that I actually liked. Um, looking at the list of scores that um, I actually liked this year, I don't think that those six that I listed I, I would have would have been on a list that uh, I could have predicted mm-hmm. uh, before, the, before the year began. So um, I have been pleasantly surprised and i'm glad that this year has been pretty consistent uh, there have been some stinkers but um i think the the good scores are outweighing the bad ones with the exception of those real major letdowns that are are getting a lot of <laughs> getting a lot of press and a lot of talk so letdowns i mean some i mean real real big ones so um but i overall i'm still impressed and i'm liking where the the year is is heading and and coming to its final conclusion yeah, yeah. I would tend to agree with that assessment. Kristen, what about you? Well, I've I've been really grumpy over the last two days about the state of film scores, and I think that's just because of one particular one that I listened to and a screening that I went to. and uh, um, <laughs> One you can't mention. One that I will not mention, but... Okay. Um, when I thought about it a little bit longer, I think that, you know, the good things about this summer kind of outweighed the annoying things about this summer. But I think it's kind of funny that the things I liked the most happened earliest in the season, like yeah. Gatsby and Iron Man 3 and yeah. uh, Now You See Me. I mean, spend the summer of Brian Tyler. Yeah. Um, it's true. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess the trend is good. I'm just kind of grumpy. That one, that one film disappointed you that much. It's oh, is the film good and the score bad, or both bad? Both are really bad, man. Okay, so if the movie had been better, might you? Do you think you feel differently about the score? Maybe. It, okay. The score would feel out of place if the movie was better. <laughs> it kind of works in its bizarre camp way, uh, since uh, both okay. are bad. But if you look at the rundown, you'll see the movie. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to the unveiling of this, if you ever unveil it, it with, with this packaging oh, around man. it. man. <laughs> I don't think it would be possible for you not to um, at some point. Um, Edmund, what do you think about 2013 summer film score fest i don't think it's been that good a year in general the summer included i i think i have the same feelings about the summer as i do about the rest of the year really um Mm. there have been solid scores every year always has good scores i have not yet heard a great score this year Mm. and that's and that's basically I'm just waiting for the one score to come out that'll really, you know, define 2013 as the the year that I was obsessed with such and such a score. Because last year I had Journey 2, and the year before that I had, uh, uh, I don't know, Priest, I yeah. think. Yeah. Oh. The year okay. before that was I that... had How to Train Your Dragon. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to ask what would have been those scores for the last couple summers, but you yeah. just answered that. So. Yeah. I mean, um... I think last year in general, by this point, John Carter and Journey 2 would come out, and those two just got lots and lots of spins from me. And hmm. nothing has come close to matching those two hmm. this year. Interesting. Um, Interesting. On the other hand, I mean, there haven't been any like enormous disappointments for me this year. Like, there's nothing hmm. where I was really looking forward to it, and I thought it was going to be amazing, and it turned out to be just terrible. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. 
So okay. So um, a, a, a it's, middling it's, it's sort of. It's an okay year. It's, it's average. Average. It's a little yeah. underwhelming. Yeah. Okay. Richard, what about you? Uh, I'd say I'm with Edmund on that. It's kind of ordinary. Nothing really stands out to me as being incredible. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because I can only think of two that I would rank as my best. So, which is not great. Um, but I think I'm relying more on video games this year for the rest of the year to ah, pick I it see. up. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll be trying to uh, put a show together just about that specific topic. Uh, myself, I think it's an improvement, and, and and it's hard. I say that, and that's what I feel. But then it's hard to say why. I I, I think I'm like Kristen. The beginning of the summer, and even pre-summer technically um was was pretty good and i i share um her thoughts about now you see me i really enjoy that score a lot um iron man 3 i think is 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 pretty good uh the score i've listened to the most through the summer has been oblivion to be honest i know that's Mm. not technically a summer score um since it came out in april but i'm gonna lump it in there because it has had an impact for me personally through through the summer and i've really really enjoyed that score me too uh, yeah uh because yeah it's um it's one of those that you know it's not i think i, I love grand thematic sort of scores and i listen to them i kind of binge on them and then i'm like done i'm like okay i can't listen to that anymore for a while but oblivion because it's it has some moments like that but it's overall kind of i don't know um expansive and kind of just there uh, in a very pleasurable way I can kind of just keep going back to it and not getting tired of it sort of uh, of experience that I've had um, so I think it's an improvement and then when I look back at you know 2012 2011 yeah there's some you know one or two good scores really good scores um, but hard to find one that I would say is great like you said uh, Edmund I mean gr- I mean great and they're very I don't know. Maybe I say that off the cuff, not realizing what yeah, I'm but saying. What more scores often, this but... year have been great? Yeah. Escape uh, from Tomorrow. Listen that to that. It's not was the summer, the but you want to talk about the entire year. Escape from Tomorrow is absolutely magnificent. And then I will also throw in Evil Dead, but that's just me because I absolutely love that film. Love the score. And have any of you guys seen the concert footage of uh, Roque Banos conducting this stuff? No. Uh, I think I, I, have, ne- I have never seen a composer more happy <laughs> conducting music <laughs> than what you got. I'll send you guys the link at the end of the show. Go watch it. It's it's incredible. Even the orchestra and the choir are enjoying the hell out of themselves with this score. And hmm. so um, anyway, I think there's been about three great scores written this year. Great scores that work wickedly amazing in their films as well. Hmm, okay, so that's those aren't necessarily from the summer, although no, but I mean we're t- if we're talking about the overall year so far, um, yeah, those are amazing. But I mean that's for another topic. But the yeah, summer, I mean, so. there have been there have been some very very good ones. Yeah, there have been, there have been. I, but I mean, the last great summer score I can think of that I can easily just nod my head and say, yeah, it was great. Was How to Train Your Dragon? That wasn't I mean, summer, be, was it? Was it? Wasn't it? Was wasn't like it May? Oh gosh! I didn't realize that early. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> I don't. There's no. I can't. When was Tron Legacy released? That was, that was later. In that was December. Well, that was like November. Was that? Yeah. November, so you're right. December, I mean, yeah. summer scores aren't aren't what they used to be. 
Yeah. Uh, summer scores used to be that's it. This is, these are going to be the big winners. These are the ones that we're going to remember forever. And you're right. There hasn't been a masterpiece summer score in a really, really long time. That's a really sad realization. Yeah. The last one I, that I really, really, really thought was great was really. I, I'm not sure if I'm quite at great yet, but the one the last one I really enjoyed was Priest. That was an amazing score. Uh, if it had better, if the movie had been better, I think I might be. I might be able to just say, yeah, that was, and I guess it is great, but <laughs> the movie was so bad. Yeah, it's just really hard to separate. That just makes movie, it more but... impressive. Well, I here, suppose here's yeah. another thing we got. I mean, when we're talking about summer scores and talking about you know the masterpieces that we used to enjoy, I mean, are we talking about summer blockbusters, or I mean, when you look at summer in February, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's amazing, but it it's not a blockbuster, but it's a summer movie. It's so true. it's it's so it's it's weird how we're kind of the 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 great scores that are being written in the summer are for these smaller films and not so much for the the big summer blockbusters that used to have these fantastic scores that we uh, can still remember today. It's very true. It's very true. And, and and you know what? I would say summer in February is a great score. I would I don't have any problem saying that. Um, but you're right. It's weird. It's to say, I think by default when you say summer movies. And movie scores, you're thinking pretty much one thing. Summer yeah. Um, season. Yeah. And I think that's because most summer movies sound like, I think that's why. I think that's the summer movie score for all summer movies now. Oh, Very true. All movies. <laughs> when I Very look true. back at slave, the scores that I really like, most of them are actually late fall, winter. Hmm. Over, you mean historically speaking? Historically. Uh huh. So I. So you've never been a real summer movie blockbuster score kind of person, like going way back. <sighs> I mean, I I can't think. It could be the hour, but I can't think of one off the top of my head that I really really loved. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Except maybe Great Gatsby, which I'm like obsessed with. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's borderline great. That's borderline mm. great. But I haven't I haven't seen the, the the film yet, which I need to do. But um, I think it's overwrought. It's <laughs> overwrought. Baz um, overwrought. <laughs> that's what he does. That's his byline. Um, all right. Well, let's let's quickly uh, talk about some of those. Which and I think we've <laughs> in other editions of the Soundcast have probably dealt with this a little bit, but. Let's talk about some of the more disappointing scores from 2014. Um, and um, Edmund, I'll start with you. Uh, well, I can't help but notice that every single person has listed <laughs> Man of Steel. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little surprised at that, to be to be honest. You know, a little bit surprised. I'm slightly uh, surprised, but not a, not a lot surprised. <laughs> I was actually debating not putting it there because I wasn't expecting a whole lot from it. See, that was that was I was going to bring that up. Were we disappointed in it, or we were just we just absolutely hated it, and we just put it on there anyway? Well, when I first heard the piano suite, I was kind of hoping for more. I was like, yep. okay, yes, this is going to be the Hans Zimmer score that I'm going to actually like, and then it. Uh... <laughs> the the Hans Zimmer score that you're going to actually like the like at uh... one and only. Uh, so there are a couple of early 90s stuff that I can dig, but... Okay. I did not know that was your... Your well, it's been a prison. Rough last couple decades for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I, I have this really complicated relationship with that man. 
Mm. Uh, really? Can we get into the more of that? <laughs> it's not that kind of show, man. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I was generally disappointed with it. Um, and I've been working on a review since I saw it. <laughs> and it's just like, I've been forming it, forming it, forming it. So when the Blu-ray comes out is when I'm going to publish it. I'm, like, I'm not publishing it until there's a renewed interest in it, um, even though it hasn't completely gone away. Uh, but I was genuinely disappointed. I just, as everyone knows, I was with the film. Um, so as the trailer kind of seemed to indicate, it's like, oh, okay, this could be good. But that was the best part about it. I mean, the, what was in the trailer, and I'm speaking of the f- score and the film, is the best part of both. <laughs> that's the best part exactly. right there. Um, yep. So, all right. So, uh, Man of Steel. Yes, everyone will uh, agree uh, that, uh, that that was a disappointment, at least everyone on this podcast right now. Yeah. Elsewise? A uh, more recent disappointment for me has been Elysium. Yeah. Which I just thought was a really unimaginative and derivative and wait, wait, dreary score. Wow. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. It's there. I mean, you know, guys it's are doing everywhere. a good job of reusing it, but that's just the problem. In the um, composer's defense, okay. that is what Neil Blomkamp basically asked for i'm sh- i'm sure that's the case yeah. all of the and, time and, that's true and in the composer's <laughs> defense it's a once in a lifetime opportunity you're not going to argue he exactly. has an amazing story i i mean i love, love the backstory story. of him getting hired yeah but <sighs> well here's the thing guys i've heard this about directors and now i'm gonna start uh applying this to maybe composers in some <laughs> way i heard someone talking about you know, you're getting all of these directors who are kind of like, for, they've done some indie films, they've done some very small films, then they get these big breaks like, you did uh, District 9, we're going to give you Elysium. You know, they're getting these huge breaks and doing these major temple, um, you know, Shane Black doing um, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and then boom, I forget, he, I'm sure he's done something in between, boom, Iron Man 3. You know, you're starting to see this all the time. And one theory I've heard, which really struck a chord with me, was that these new guys are so excited to be able to do these AAA films that they're just like, yeah, we'll do whatever you want. Whatever the producers, whatever the studio wants, I'll do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that that's a really good point. Um, and now may, maybe maybe with, maybe this is the tip of the iceberg, hopefully not, um, that you bring in these composers who are talented, but they're so happy to be doing the job and on this job that they're like, whatever you want. I'll do it, you know. Um, what do you guys think about that whole concept? Well, I, I agree, uh, basically. I mean, the composer for Elysium, he came in and he wrote these sketches and ideas without even seeing the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were edited in. Mm-hmm. So there really wasn't very much of a world building or story building with the, with the score. And yeah. I think that kind of harmed it in a way. I, I feel like both the film and the score could have been so much more than they were. Um, and it's just such a profound disappointment, um, especially after the amazingness that was District 9. Um, yeah. Although, you know, the score to that wasn't great shakes either. 
but right. story-wise. Yeah. Well, he's in good company because I think that might have happened to John Williams once or twice. Um, you know, sometimes they do that. So, yeah. What happened with John Williams? Well, his music was taken and edited and, you know, well, he wrote he wrote uh, JFK without seeing the picture. And that was then edited into the film. Um, so he wrote a, a collection of cues. He didn't actually yeah. write that to picture. So, I mean, that that sort of movie. Making That's not what is, I was referring to. No, though. but I okay. think we're talking about um, prequel type stuff. here. <laughs> well, Star Wars. Kinda. Yeah. So, I mean, you know what? Every score. Look, even the original original trilogy had tracked in music. So, um, you know, you, you, you do see that. But the, the, the thing, the big thing is that we got to remember we're living in a digital age where even up to the last minute of the movie's release, you can make that one last change. Sure. And so it's just you can always manipulate and move and change. And you're not working with film where that one that cut is a cut and that's a cut yeah. forever. And you got to live with it. Um, and so uh, that's the big thing is just digital technology allows you to. You know, oh, that we're one frame off. I mean, that frame's yeah. not going to mean a whole hell of a lot, but you know what? Seven <laughs> producers need that frame moved over a second, you know? So it is if just... you're watching it at 48 frames per second. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. But that's the big thing. These composers, their music, um, a lot of them don't have, I mean, even the time, they don't have time to even look at it because the, the movie is still, it's really it's never true. complete. It's true. It's true. And I think that's to the detriment. I think we would agree with that. Um, I, I mean, it's great that you can do it, but uh, put it in the can, damn it! Just put it yeah. in the can. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, so you see what Elysium did there, uh, Edmund? Uh, any any others you want to bring up real quick? Um, I'll bring up After Earth, which was uh, you know James Newton Howard Shyamalan. Um, I have issue with that. Yeah, well, I I have issues. What's with wrong the score with that? Score? Because what's wrong with it? Everything except for the last three or four tracks. What? Okay, yeah, that's. I'm with that's. You. This I is mean, not every the, everything. What does that even mean? I mean, it's very. It's it's the James Newton Howard in sort of Hans Zimmer mode, and I don't mean he's writing. He's just in that more um, modern um, yeah. technique than his traditional ones. I mean, you, you've listened to Wyatt Earp. Now come sure. come to After Earth, and you're like, who what? is this guy? Right, <laughs> it's like you come from you come from the '90s when he's writing all these fantastic orchestral scores. Even the first four scores he wrote for uh, Shyamalan, and you come to After Earth, and you're like, "Are you for real? This is this is it. This is what you've this is what you've transformed into." And I'm not sure whether he's doing this on purpose. People are yeah. telling him to write like this, but it's it's coming down to power anthems, his ostinatos. It's, but he he's in there somewhere. He's in there somewhere. There's beautiful piano themes, um, and like um, Edmund said, the last four tracks seem more like the 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 Howard that we know. But it this one just there's not anything really engaging or memorable about it. It felt oh, to, it felt to me almost like an album that was kind of like presenting the all of the sort of the suspense and and less thematic and more kind of ambient stuff and like the big thematic pieces were coming around the corner and but, but they never did hmm. see i disagree i think they do come i mean maybe not as big as wyatt earp i mean i, I mean i didn't expect that kind of a score i mean it's it's the kind of score from him that i expected for this kind of movie you know what i mean i mean 
to to expect something. I don't know. Maybe it could have been more uh, last airbendery, perhaps. Um, but you know, a futuristic sci-fi film. Yeah, you, you know, I was just glad it wasn't like Green Lantern. Um, and so to hear to not hear that was pleasing in and of itself because that didn't sound like James Newton Howard in any way, shape, or form. Well, if that's how low the bar you're setting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that's what I'm coming off of. I mean, that was the last taste that I had in my mouth from, from a James Newton Howard score. So, Well, what about uh, like Snow and the Huntsman and stuff? Oh, that's true. That was bland. That was, I, 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 mean, I, okay. I really like Snow bland. and the Huntsman. I mean, I mean, okay, it's, not, it's no masterpiece, but like a few listens to that kind of – it kind of grew on me. It's it is it is him doing modern stuff, and then at the same time, it's also him kind of going back to Lady in the Water and yeah, yeah. I, I, it was, and it's, it's kind of the score of his that's modern, and yet I like it. And I was kind of expecting a bit more of that in the After Earth, but no. Hmm. Okay, uh, that was that's actually in my one of my my top list. Um, that score. Uh, any other thoughts on After Earth, Christian, Richard? I was expecting more, for sure. But hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you're our resident James Newton Howard guy. I was um, surprised I you didn't, like, bust in there. I don't think it was bad. It was just... Yeah, the final few tracks definitely are the highlight. Um, I think the first track's okay, but in the middle it goes kind of anonymous for me. Hmm. But the, hey. I'm just disappointed because when he makes a score for Shyamalan, that's normally his big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's part of the reason why it's so disappointing. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's true. Disappointing is what we're saying. Yeah, and, and may I confuse that a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I, it didn't disappoint me though, so that's why it surprised me. But if you're like, oh, last Airbender, you know, the last collaboration, then yeah, I, I guess I would be disappointed to some degree. Um. All right. Uh, did you? There, is there any others, Edmund? There's one more I had. I'll just mention it briefly because it was uh, Wolverine by Beltrami. Wasn't too disappointed by it, but a little bit. Um, because I, I, I mean, I kind of, I actually like the direction he took it in, which is like completely aggressive and bleak, and but, I mean, with like a couple glimmers of hope in it throughout. And I think that's, I mean, it's a viable way to do it. I just, I think he could have done it better. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he, I mean, he, Beltrami has written so much good aggressive action music, and but the aggressive action music in this, while aggressive, felt kind of unfocused, and and the structure wasn't really there, and it felt like, I mean, a lot of it felt like a horror score to me. Yeah, I, I was disappointed with it. I, I, I don't have any problems saying that. Um, didn't yeah. do a whole lot for me. Um, all right, uh, Richard, let's move on. D. Do you have some that have not been mentioned that you'd like to mention in the disappointing realm? Um, for me, Percy Jackson was a little disappointing. Oh, here we go. Um, following, <laughs> <laughs> following Journey 2, it's, it's got nothing on it, really, for me. Yeah. I listened to it one, maybe a couple of times through. Um, first track, pretty good. After that, I really don't remember. Yeah. I was slightly have. disappointed. I, I'd have to, I wouldn't say it's a bad score, no, but I, bad. I have to say I was slightly disappointed by it. I think it's good. Yeah, it is good. But again, it's, you know, were you disappointed by it? No. <laughs> Clearly. I mean, to be fair, it's pretty hard to follow Journey 2. 
Yeah, so it is. I wasn't surprised when I was a little bit disappointed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Eric, what about you? Some titles, disappointment that uh, haven't been mentioned yet? Uh, Red 2 by oh, Alan Silvestri. Gosh. Oh, oh, my gosh. That's the king right there, my friend. I mean, it says composed <laughs> It says composed and conducted by Alan Silvestri. What did he conduct? <laughs> I don't know. Electricity? Electricity. And then my favorite track is the uh, main title bonus track, which is the synth demo. The whole thing sounds like a synth demo. <laughs> this is horrible. Oh, it's like he took all the worst elements of like G.I. Joe and the A-Team. <laughs> and he stripped yeah. away all the parts of those scores that are actually even slightly enjoyable. And just left us with his like completely dated synths. And yeah, wow. That's just a it's train just, wreck. I can't. I, there has to be a story behind it. I don't know if he got like a week or something. But it, you know, I, I couldn't. I. I couldn't, no score has taken me aback as much as that one did. I mean, just, I was dumbfounded. I'm just dumbfounded with where Sylvester's career is going. I, I, I can't, I think Polar Express was the last one I truly, truly loved. And I mean, hey I now, there, it. he has one decent one this year, which we'll come to. Well, yes, that, you know what? I like that one too. And I think the themes in, in I'm not going to mention it, but are good. We'll get to that later, but you're right. But I yeah. mean, but just as for something that I've really loved and something that I would, I would just, I keep, I constantly want to play again. It has been mm -hmm. since 2004 and Sylvester used to be just dead on um, yeah. for me. And he's, he's, yeah. he's a composer I grew up with, you know, he composed yeah. one of my all time favorite scores. And it's just disappointing to see him go Forrest down. Forrest Gump, this, right? No, Back no. to the Future. <laughs> but kidding. you know what? Forrest Gump's excellent too. But anyway, uh, but Red 2 People just, hate on that for some reason. Why wasn't Christoph Beck brought back? I don't have any idea. And why wasn't Christoph Beck brought back by Percy Jackson? I don't have any idea. Because Logging is just as good. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I will refrain from... <laughs> it's, it's good, but it's not just as good. It's yeah. just as good. I'm just, it's not I'm better, but it is just better. as good. If Percy yeah. Jackson's Sea of Monsters is an 8 out of 10, then Christoph Beck's is 15 out of 10. <laughs> They're both anyway, That um, would break our website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it wouldn't take much. Um, any any others? Uh, just Marco Beltr Beltrami uh, as a whole, um, minus Die Hard. I've, I've just been incredibly disappointed with the output. It's it's not terrible, but it's not what I expected from from Beltrami. Um, I, I like it a lot. It's been, and that's that's the thing I think also Volume. that it's it, he's he's doing this like kind of displot thing or this Horner in the '80s where they just write a million scores a year, and I kind of wish composers would just write one or two and take the time to really create something um, substantial or outstanding. And I, I, I mean, I guess I, I know these guys have got to work, but do you really need to write five or six films a year? So, I mean, and I think it's, I don't know, I don't it's know, hard how, to say I don't know no. how he did it because I think he just, he blew his brains out on Die Hard because the stuff that was written in that film yeah. score is out of this world. Yeah. And uh, so maybe he just, he left it all in Die Hard. And um, so. Yeah, it kind of feels that way. What yeah. about Warm yeah. Bodies? Oh, Warm Bodies was warm fun. Warm Bodies, Warm Bodies. I don't think I've listened to that one. You should listen to that one. Did that come out this year? Yes, it did. Huh. It, it February. Might have been before Die Hard. Same month as oh. Die Hard. A couple weeks oh, wow. before it. Long ago. Okay. So that was like his 18th picture this year. <laughs> I must seek wow. that out. Yeah, I'm going to have to look at that one too. It is but a nice little are, score. Very nice. He did it with those... Buck. Oh. Oh, oh okay. Oh. 
that scares me a little. <laughs> no, no. You didn't don't, don't be afraid of the dark with Buck, and that was good. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, there, there's, there's some very. If you haven't seen the movie, I really recommend it. It's. It sounds cheesy, and it is sort of cheesy, but it's cute. And maybe that's estrogen speaking. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like. Okay. I like what they did. They did this it, really. It must be cool like on sp- demand by now, right? Yeah, it is. It, My it wife's been bugging be. me to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> they they do the spaghetti western thing with it, and yeah, yeah. This. Okay, I have no clue what this movie's about because you're really throwing it's me. Zombie <laughs> romance. Oh, really? uh, Think Romeo oh, and Juliet. Oh, that movie. Zombies. Oh, oh, God. Really? I have to watch that? Yes. I don't you have need to. to watch it. Oh, man. I, I, I've heard some reviews about that movie. I, obviously, it made an impact on me. <laughs> I've completely forgotten about it. Okay. I will seek out the score. And if it does anything for me, I might watch it. Um, Kristen, uh, some disappointing scores that we haven't talked about yet. All right. Well, um... There's there's the one that I won't mention. Um, <laughs> it sounds that sounds like a title of a film. That's gonna be the title of this the, podcast. The one, <laughs> the one that I won't the mention. The one that I won't I like. mention. <laughs> um, Pacific Rim to an extent, not oh. not entirely. I love the theme. Oh. I love the theme. I just I just felt like it could have done more. I feel like it could have been elevated but that's really it i mean i don't hate it i'm just a little bit let down by it because i was i was hoping that this would be the thing that would break ramin javadi out um i was hoping he would be given some creative license because he would be working with you know um guillermo del toro and who's had such great scores before with his films um yeah so it's it's just a little bit of a letdown. It's not like ah, oh, Man of Steel. What the heck? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I mean it's uh, he because you never quite know. Well, maybe you do know what you're gonna get with him. But sometimes it's great when he's just doing him, and sometimes it's not great when he's just doing him. So this one, I was like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, I'm not. I, I I this is acceptable. So I wasn't disappointed uh, by it. Yeah, uh, at all. It's not maybe it's not the greatest score you've ever heard, but I just because it's Ramin Javadi and it can be all over the place, and because it had that Iron Man vibe, I was like, yeah, Iron Man's back. It's what Iron Man one score love should have been. Mm-hmm. No, Iron Man is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think Pacific Rim is the best thing Javadi has done. Next, oh. to, next, next to Game of Thrones. Next to Game well, of Thrones, maybe. I'm inclined to agree that it's his best overall score, and Game of Thrones has better individual moments, but doesn't pull mm-hmm. together as well. Yeah, um, I, Clash of the Titans still is at the game, top for me. Yeah, game of the Clash of the Titans. Uh, game, I like here, game, score. game of Thrones. Score, game of Thrones man. does not work on CD whatsoever, no. but in the Nuh-uh. show, it it does its job and it does its job really, really well. But I, um, I think that's the show because the show's so good. The show's so good. The show's so good. But his the music good. But his score better. is very sparse in it. But when it pops up, and 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 this is, I think, what the producers are, have told Javadi as well, is that you know here are the moments where we really need you, and when his music pops up, it just it, it makes it that much better. Um, now, the show. I, 
I've only watched season now. It's really in the Game of Thrones discussion, but I've only watched season one. Wow. I binged it, and I was like, okay. But does the theme ever pop up other yeah. than yeah. on the title? Wait till you see the uh, the the finale cue from season two, and the way he that's a wicked variation on the uh, the rhythm uh, mm-hmm. as well. He 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 okay. plays around with it quite a bit, and there is some okay. stunning music in season three as well. Yeah, yeah. okay. He, he uses uh, that theme as a nice little bookend. For each season. Oh, yeah. That's it, though. It's just like start and finish. It's, no, no, it, it's, it, it's uh, not as simple as that. But no, oh. okay. but it's but it's the, see, it's not a theme for any one house, and that's why yeah, you can't really the, use. It's just it's the overall theme, and it's great that we see it over the titles, um, and that's it. But like I said, he he does pick it apart uh, throughout um, throughout the season, but. Um, Kristen's right. It's it's really those the, the last cues uh, during the last episodes where he he lets it all kind of yeah, hang each out. Season has one of those yeah. kind of yeah yeah okay all right. So Pacific Rim slightly disappointing to Kristen. Any others besides the one that you won't mention? No, I mean. Oh no! We everything about else. Others, everything we? else has been mentioned. Um, Man, man of steel, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Is it getting worse over time? I think it is. I think so. I think it seems like it's souring for people. It's really funny. I mean, I listened to the sketchbook, the the bonus thing. Yeah, that's actually good. I I like that. I'm like, why didn't you go with your sketchbook? He did. The score sounds exactly like it. Comparatively speaking, it's it's the best thing on the soundtrack. Yeah. Was it like 20 minutes or something? It's, I mean, it's long and, but it's good. I think it's good. Um, yeah, that's that. Yeah. I won't be buying that movie. I won't be buying Star Trek into darkness either. Oh, I haven't gone yet. Man of Steel. Um, and, and, and Star Trek into darkness was disappointing to me. Um, I was just hoping, I mean, the first one's is decent. I mean, it's not, it didn't, didn't like get me like, wow. Um, but this felt like a step back. I think, we, well, we've talked about this in our Star Trek uh, episode. But it was disappointing to me. Um, I don't know. I, I I was hoping it would be a step up from the last. But maybe it's really just on par. And so I'm just kind of disappointed with it. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> plenty. we had plenty of disappointments, apparently, this summer. Um, but I think we had plenty of um uh, surprises and um, and and good things that we listen to uh, this summer. So, uh, Kristen, we'll go back to you to start this time. Um, yeah, what were some? Of, what are your top scores from 2013? Well, as I mentioned, summer, summer. <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, most of my favorite scores happened towards the beginning of the summer. Um, Iron Man three, Brian Tyler. Um, also, his Now You See Me, which was a surprise. Um, mm-hmm. The Great Gatsby, which I've exhaustively <laughs> mentioned, mm-hmm. um, I I really really liked that one a lot. I, now, I'm a big sucker for a string section, and whoo, <laughs> yeah, it is uh, it is very good. Uh, wait, hold, before you go any further, um, who was it? Edmund. It sounded like you had some issue with that score. Great Gatsby. Oh, yeah. I I just I I liked it. It's, it's a good score. I just wasn't blown away by it. Oh, okay. 
All right. Yeah, I, uh, I have some severe string bias. I mean, I'm a violinist, yeah. so uh, I, I just gravitate to that sort of thing, and I have always gravitated towards Craig Armstrong. Um, so. <laughs> now, are you really a violist, and you just don't want to admit it? You know, <laughs> I, I have very long fingers, and I could do viola, but I, I never crossed over. Okay. I was just making sure you weren't trying to hide behind the violinist. No, no, title. no, no, no. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> I do play bass, though, also. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Um, all right, so back to the list. Uh, turbo. I yeah. really like the score to Turbo. Um, it's, you know, an okay movie. It's cute. But I really like what Henry Jackman did. Like, he is really in his element when it comes to animation. Um, so, mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's very crazy. It's a crazy score. It is. It is. It, <laughs> it, it, it... But it's got some pretty big moments, which I really love. It does this, you know, fun stuff with orchestra, and then it goes into this crazy dubstep stuff, and it's, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Europa Report, Bear McCreary. I liked that mm. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I kind of put these two on the same line because I ran out of room and couldn't figure out how to add another line. But this is The End and The World's End, two very different movies with similar sounding concepts, but they're not. Um, ah. Like the score to both. Okay. Um, uh, bu 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 Hugh, uh, Henry Jackman did one of them. Which one did he do? This is The End. He did. No. This is, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is the he end. did. This is yeah. The End. Which was that's a pretty amazing score. You know, a great so least straight. How are you people score. hearing this? What? By oh. connections. <laughs> you know, there are ways. There are ways. Legal ways. Legal. There, are, there legal are legal ways. ways. Um, I, I, but I'll that's, be that's really surprised. Great straight man to the movie. Um, yeah, it does play straight. Except Absolutely for the moment straight. where there is this. Angelic Choir singing Titty Fuck. And <laughs> Love it is it. hilarious. <laughs> That's very sad part. This. Say, say what? So, I have to get my hands on this somehow. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they'll be silly not to release it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really, really solid score. Um, this things that do get released shocks me sometimes, and I, then things like this don't. If it hasn't been released yet, will it? Yeah, it's a good point. This is the end. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who knows? Who knows? Well, you know, yeah, La La Land could come in at some point, or who knows? When's the When's the DVD come out? Or sorry, DVD. Look, aging myself. <laughs> the VHS is out. <laughs> I think right. um... it's <laughs> getting re-released. Um, is it uh, next is it? weekend? I think is being released in theaters again for another uh, week or so. Um, so hmm. maybe that's weird. I wonder why. It is it, weird. It just seems like the right project for La La Land. It's 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 right up their alley. But, yeah. Yes, indeed. Okay, those are some good titles. Um, Eric, what about you? Some some that she didn't mention. Your top summer scores. Uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Unlike you, what I thought it was. Um, there's some wild stuff in it. One, um, I'm gonna just say it out right now. The the movie I thought was complete pants. It was it was terrible. <laughs> you must define pants. <laughs> I don't know. It's something that someone else uses on a message board, and I think it's awesome. He just everything he says is awful. Very he just says British it's pants. Thing. Yes, right. So I'm not British, but you know I like British humor. <laughs> Richard, and... Richard, what does that mean? It just means bad. 
but there you go. Yeah, I don't so, think I've ever said it in my life. It's <laughs> it's it's just one of my favorite phrases for anything off. Okay. Um, like I can't say shit around the house because the kids. <laughs> so everybody's pants. Uh, get your pants on. No, the bed. Why are you talking about that? Daddy's, Daddy's mad at I'm not me. Not putting those awful things on. Um, no, I, I like Star Trek Into Darkness, and I, it, they, I, I hated the movie, but the opening sequence, which again, it still seems stupid to me, but um, it's a great kind of. Um, it almost seems like an Indiana Jones uh, type uh, sequence at the yeah. beginning of a movie. Where it's yeah. like the end of a, of an act before you get into the film, yes. and and Giacchino had a wicked amazing time writing for that sequence. I thought he played around with his themes. The action music was spot on, and I was watching it, and I had this huge grin on my face um, while seeing it in the theater. So um, I had a really good time with that five minutes. The rest, uh, not so much. But I love his Klingon music. Harrison's theme oh. is fantastic, and it gets a great workout in the score. The, the The biggest disappointment for me was that the mix in the film, the music is almost lost. You have this huge Klingon track, and you could mm. barely hear it in the music. Uh, sorry, in the mm. movie. Um, but uh, the, the, the cue on its own is excellent. Um, and I think... Uh, I think it's a it's it's quite an improvement from the first one, um, hmm. and it's uh and I like the album presentation. For me, uh, forty five minutes is forty forty five minutes is is spot on for me. But that's me at this point in my life where I kind of need you know thirty forty minutes of music at a time because I just don't have time to dedicate to <laughs> film music anymore. Sure. You know, so yeah, I like yeah. these the quick, album was uh, part of the reason why it kind of was a, a slight disappointment. Not such, a, I mean, not really a disappointment. I didn't put it on my list or anything. It was basically what I expected, but the album, I don't, it felt like I couldn't really get a handle on everything the score had to offer. It doesn't mean I need to hear every cue, but it felt like there were significant chunks missing. I think I think the, mm. the missing Harrison suite was a really yeah. a big mistake, especially after Giacchino teased us with it on uh, that radio show. Um, in New York, uh, a couple of weeks before the movie came out, oh you, yeah, you hear this right. theme, and it's like, wow, uh, where is this on the album, and why yeah. is it not on the album? And I'm pretty sure it was written for the end credits, the actual suite itself. So, mm. and that, and in the way the album ends with just kind of a reworking of the the Trek theme yeah, with the exactly. choir, it's like, wow, this is this Redundant. is kind of that's that's yeah, exactly. But I do like the the recording. Um, Glad to see so that uh, Kino's working with a, a different engineer now, and um, so that's a major improvement as well. So I I really enjoyed it. Um, hmm. Okay, maybe they're saving all that for the inevitable oh, limited. Edition. You know that's coming out. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> disc release. Out. Yeah, I would have thought it would have been coming soon since the since the Blu-ray is out and all that. Um, but who knows? Okay, uh, others. Uh, there's summer in February by Benjamin Wallfish. Yeah, that guy's that guy's amazing, amazing. amazing. He, he he really is. Uh, the his one of his recent ones, War Hammer War, of the Gods. Hammer, War, that one is not. Uh, I wasn't so ear twisting, but everything else, Pain. he's fantastic. Yeah, I I I I can't wait to hear what he's going to do next. Um, this is the end. We've mentioned just uh, that's mm -hmm. one of my biggest surprises of the year. I didn't expect anything from mm -hmm. that, and when yeah. we got. Uh, 
I got this teaser track, just one track, and I think it was the big finale cue or whatever. Yeah, I said, yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so, Same reaction. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. <laughs> uh, the Lone Ranger, I didn't expect to like at all, but I thought um, maybe it was because of the disappointment of Man of Steel. So when I heard Lone, Lone Ranger, it just felt like um, the Zimmer that I I can't say I fell in love with, but I I, I really like certain aspects of Zimmer's music, and so the Lone Ranger just felt like a Zimmer of old. Um and uh, I like the William Tell his treatment. Oh, that's Tell. that's just that was that was great. That was unreal, unreal. And uh, I have to agree. Yeah, I mean, no, it, you know, it doesn't matter who, who did it. Um, it's just you know, Zimmer can work with twenty thousand people. Yeah, it's just it's enough. on the album. It it's, yeah, it's fantastic. It's the music they count. Yeah, really, it is just, and we all know that's what Zimmer does. So it's uh, what a track. Yeah, what a track. Yeah. Um, and uh, now you see me. Um, I've mm-hmm. been really, really, really pleasantly surprised by Brian Tyler. I'm not his biggest fan. I prefer his real early work, um, you know, Darkness Falls and Frailty and The Hunted over anything else that's come uh, after that. So this year has been really um, an awakening for me with Brian Tyler's music, Iron Man 3, mm-hmm. Now You See Me. It's just uh, I'm really surprised that I like those scores mm-hmm. that much. So Yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, Richard, some titles I'm sure you have that no one else has. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, two Joe Hisaishi scores came out in the summer. Well, three actually, but one of them I wasn't too much of a fan you of. You did? Where have I been? Uh, well, they had a Ghibli one. Um, has it been released though? Yeah, maybe a few, week, oh, few weeks it? ago. Okay. Um, yeah, I wasn't okay. too fond of it. but I'm, For The Wind Rises, that one? Yeah. I'm just waiting for the movie. Uh-huh. Hopefully, I'll enjoy that more. Um, otherwise, there's one called Kiseki no Ringo, which means Miracle Apples, which is really, really good. Um, has a really great theme. It's, I think it's him near his best. Uh, really nice brass hmm. theme. I'd wow, recommend that's that. Saying one. something. Um, also, NHK Shinkai Project, which is a documentary, also on uh, sea creatures, fish. I actually fish, heard that one quite recently. It's yeah, nice did you? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I, That's Joe? He's, he, yeah, he's it's also Joe well. as well. Yeah. So okay. he's had a pretty good year, I think. I just found out that's not his real name. I'm like, what? Yeah, I, it's, it's something to do with or something or other. Elvis. Yeah, but, well, I didn't know that. Okay. It's kind of strange. Yeah, anyway. Um, also. Oh, and you know what it comes from? It comes from uh, Quincy Jones. Yeah. No, it comes from, it's like the Japanese interpretation of Quincy Jones, which is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> really quite odd. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, what else you got? Um, also, Gargantia on the Virgin's Planet. That's a TV show. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> I was waiting for that. For long time. That's also a rush. Uh, oh God, I don't know how what? long I've been waiting for Gargantia on the Virgin's Planet. Is it like a? <laughs> is it anime? It's animation, yeah. Um, oh, okay. It's kind of, I haven't seen it. It looks kind of. It's kind of like Gundam, I think. But uh, okay. Yeah, they released the trailer for that. Um, maybe six months before it came out, and I think I watched it. Like five times a day, just for the score. The trailer, you know, just for the score. Oh, so okay. When it came out, it wasn't quite. I don't think it could live, couldn't live up to that really, listening to that that many times. But it was still pretty good. Um, and I, and who was that? That's Iwashiro as well. Okay. But I like okay. anything he does pretty much. So. I think so. And <laughs> finally, non-Japanese one is the Mortal Instruments, uh, which I was. Oh yeah. That was really good. Um, yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be that good. I thought it would be just another typical score of his or something like Twilight yeah. which I didn't like 
Yeah. But mm. pretty much every track, I think, maybe a couple, barring a couple, is pretty entertaining. Yeah, that was a very surprising score for me. Um, uh, anyone have thoughts about um, Atlee Olverson's I, score? I have been kind of rooting for him to put out his good Hang on a second, this is Cyrus. Oh, man. Oh. Ambulance. Ambulance. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, I've been rooting for Orvarsson for a while now because he's written a few scores, um, Babylon AD, The Eagle, um, Season of the Witch, which have not been mm. great overall, but have contained one or two tracks that I really liked. And I've been waiting for yeah. him to put out a score that's been consistently good. And I think this is it, pretty much. And I'm glad that mm -hmm. other people are... And it's, and it's on his, I'd say, probably his biggest movie so far. And I'm glad I have, he went. I'd this. never heard anything about that movie or book or whatever it comes from before, I, and I was just like, "What is this?" And oh, wow, hey, this is pretty good. Yeah, um, I think he, it's his best. Yeah, it's definitely. I think it's his best too. And I'm glad he went that route and not the you know Hansel and Gretel witch hunters <laughs> route. Why not? <laughs> I can't imagine why you would want that. I think yeah. the, the what I like about that score are the quieter moments. Um, I don't really like the action music all that much, although there is one cue which it's kind of typical. Yeah, yeah, but there's one cue that seems very typical, where it's you know, Horn of Doom, um, oh, all over the place. Have that much but of that, I don't think there's one. Is that, the, there's is that one... the official name of that now? Well, who, who came up with that? Who came up with Horn of Doom? I, that's the first oh, I've ever heard. Okay, it. Right. yeah. Um, who? Yeah. James so it's it's in it's in the okay. I think there's it's it's in the synths. Uh, samples, whatever you want to call them, and then there's low brass. There's I can't remember the name of the action track, but I'm listening to it, and it's going on and on and on and on and on. But then if you can kind of separate yourself from that and listen to what's happening kind of in, in behind the scenes, there's a point where he just stops that music and gives the harp a little uh, riff to do. Mm. And I'm like, mm. that's kind of interesting who else would have done something like that when you got all these kind of you know typical rcmv zimmer like action music going on but i think he did try to get some organic um you know real symphonic uh elements into it as well and i like that aspect of it but then i think about three quarters away into the album it lost my attention so i didn't get to the last four or five tracks of that album but i do like the opening cue i like the softer mm. more tender moments which i think is he is where some, he, it's really he strong nice softer themes in there yeah and i think that mm -hmm. really works and i think there's there's some great colors in it as well one um, thing but I, I just just really enjoy about it is that it is it's it's really quite rare these days to hear a score that has a nice satisfying choir mix Hmm, so yeah. often these days you get you get sort of washed out or undermixed choir and this one really has it front and center and, and I like it. It hmm. reminds me in a good way of the music Simmer did for like the the Dan Brown movies. Oh yeah, gosh. That yeah, those were good. Uh why don't you continue, uh Edmund? Do you have some other All right, yeah, so I had portal instruments on there. Um mm -hmm. Iron Man 3 and Now You See Me have been mentioned. I think they're both pretty good, although not amazing. I, I mean, I'm kind of wary yeah. of all the, the the enthusiasm for Iron Man 3. It's a good score, but not a great one. You're weary of it? Why does it I, weary you? Well, weary, wary. I, oh, I wary. I think it has, it has slightly become overrated, but... Oh, wow. <laughs> it is a good score. Uh, now You See Me I enjoy simply because I know I'm not going to get any John Powell this year, and it sounds so much like John Powell. Hmm. Hmm. I guess I didn't think about. You've that, heard epic. Yeah. Have you heard Elfman's epic then? Me? 
That yeah. sounds powerless. Oh to you? yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. Very much so. It's essentially. A... It doesn't sound like Elfman. No, that's but it's very sure. much in in Powell animation mode. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't. I didn't get that. Vibe I did enjoy that score. That's I was thinking of putting it on the list, but I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised as I was listening to as I was watching it. So I watched it recently, and I was like, it's not as bad as I was expecting it to be. As I, I didn't hear a lot of great things about the film itself, and then about a quarter of the way, I was like, wait a minute didn't Elfman score this? And I was like, this doesn't sound like Danny Elfman hardly at all, unless you, I mean, some of the details in behind is like, oh yeah. But overall, I would, if you just said, you know, um, if you just played it and asked me, I'd be like, no, that's not Danny Elfman. So interesting though. It definitely does sound like Powell in a lot of places. And it's not surprising considering the studio. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's it's also not surprising that Paul Greengrass is getting Henry Jackman to do Captain Phillips because Jackman does try to sound like Powell a lot. Yeah, yeah people say that Jackman's helped I, out Powell quite a bit during his career. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said when I interviewed him, he said he only I think worked with him uh, once for I forget which Kung one Fu it was. Panda. Yeah. Henry Jackman did some additional for. I think. Was it? Yeah. I can't remember which one he said. I feel like that was um, very influential to him though. Probably. Yeah. But I don't I don't hear I don't hear Powell when I um when I hear most of his stuff. Alright, who's cooking? Someone's cooking some something. Uh that's on my end, sorry. Oh, cooking some breakfast for us? That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh what were you talking about? Um Me? Oh, Epic. Yeah, Epic. But that's not on your list. No, it's not on my it's list. Kind it's, of... it's it's a fun score though. I like it. Yeah, but not like okay. an outstanding um, Lone Ranger. I have. I was. Mm. Um, I was actually. This was my most more anticipated of the two Simmer scores um, because I figured that if he was, you know, with Zack Snyder and Christopher Nolan on Man of Steel, that there was really kind of no chance of getting the Simmer that I really love, which is more the fun thematic side of him. And on Lone mm-hmm. Ranger, it's Verbinski, it's Bruckheimer. I think I'm. I was looking forward to that more because I'm gravitate more towards the Pirates of the Caribbean side of things, and yeah. that's what I got essentially. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a good score, and but the, really the clincher of it is the the Rossini meets. Simmer meets Zanelli meets whoever mashup cue at the end, which is just really phenomenal. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, other than that, that the William Tell Overture, that score didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, but interesting that it made your list. Um, let's see, what are some things that you guys have on the, the Crudes uh, for myself? I thought that was a very solid Alan Silvestri score. I think that came out in the summer, didn't it? I might be premature. Was that a little March? Early, I think. Yeah, I think that was, was spring. Okay. Uh, all right. Strike that one. Although I do think it was a, a really good score. Um, great Gatsby's been mentioned. I, I do really enjoy that score. Um, After Earth is on mine, I enjoy that score. I, uh, I'm not disappointed by it. Um, Savannah, which came out just recently. I mean, super, super recently by someone I'd never heard of before. Um, Gil Talmy. Have you guys heard that score? Mm. It's a very, very mellow, very, very mellow score. Um, uh, I think it's a limited release film. I think they released it like in Savannah, the city first. I mean, it's really super limited, but it is it is a very simple, melodic uh, score. Very small orchestra going on. Uh, very soothing. It, really pretty. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it over and over and over again since I've been listening to it. If you haven't heard it, I forget who's re- uh, releasing it. Forgive me for that. It might be, 
movie score? I think it might be movie score media. I'm not sure on that. But um, do look do look that one up, Savannah by Gil Talmy. Uh, it technically falls into the summer realm. Um, and then another one which recently released, the very end of August, uh, Winnie Mandela, uh, by someone who I think is is fast coming on to uh, some A-list stuff, uh, Laurent Equiem, or Equim. Um, he did, I think he did Copper... Copperhead. Copperhead, yeah. He did Copperhead. And this one, oh man, there's one track in, in this, uh, I think it's called Sunrise, which is amazing. It's a beautiful score. Now, the soundtrack is a mix of some kind of local-flavored you know, South African music uh, and then his score. Um, I wouldn't say it's a great score of all, but it's a very good score. And there are some moments that are just fantastic. And um, so that one kind of came out of nowhere at the very end of August to surprise me uh, as being a, a really solid effort overall. The others you've mentioned, Iron Man 3, Now You See Me, uh, are all on the top of my list as well. Uh, there was one Go. that I forgot, actually. Um, yeah, me too. And I just, I, I just remembered the release date. It was in July. Um, Only God Forgives. Cliff Martinez. Ah, okay. I really enjoyed that one as well. Yeah, it's okay. Martinez. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I, I, I like his. I like his. Sometimes it really seems to work and fit the film, like uh, Contagion. I thought it worked really, really well. well that was Cliff Martinez. It was, that, wasn't it? Yeah. I would get. I always want to say Clint Mansell and Cliff Martinez. I mix them up. Um, uh, anyone else have that one? forget about i don't like Martin. was that july it seemed like it was a long time ago but i heard the movie was pretty terrible uh, i didn't see it did you no. see it Kristen? i have not seen it but i have heard two very different opinions of it it was um same guy who did drive right yes yep. yeah and i heard it was like you like drive you want more of drive we're gonna hyper drive you <laughs> Kind that should have been the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I th well, yeah. Okay. Someone else had another one that they had forgotten. Yeah, about. I actually, there were two I hadn't mentioned. Percy Jackson, I won't go into it. I have a review. You can read my review. I think it's good. Everyone else in the world doesn't. I. It is good. It is good, Evan. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's good. Eric no, doesn't. they don't. <laughs> <laughs> You don't even think it's good? No, and I don't hate it because it's Andrew Lockington. I just, I just find it to be dull, and I mean, really. Did you dull. like Journey Two? Um, I like, I like, I like Journey Two better than the original Journey, and I like, and Journey Two's main theme gets a lot of play, um, on my iPod. So, um, okay. I, I, and I like Sleepwalkers. I think that's the name of the film, right? Sleepwalkers. Skinwalkers. Sleep or Skinwalkers. Oh, skin. I like Skinwalkers. But there's just yeah, that there's was a just long time yeah. Ago. But there's just something about this uh, his um, epic action mode. But it's you know what I, I was disappointed by it because I, I I did like aspects of what he was doing in Journey Two, and I thought that would translate into Percy Jackson, especially after hearing Christoph Beck's score from the first film. Mm -hmm. and, God, I don't really want to go into this, but um, we're gonna do it anyway, just to a point. But I just it, this it, was inevitable, it, it, Eric. Yeah, I know, but I just found that. Um, it was bland. It seemed like everything stayed around the same. Uh, there, where were the trumpets? For crying out loud, it's a fantasy adventure movie. And where are the trumpets? They are all over the first score. And it just, it just seemed, it just seemed almost 
like the same tone throughout the whole entire score. That was actually uh, a good more... point you made, Eric, on main titles when you mentioned that, because I went back and listened to Journey 2, and there are actually quite a lot of good trumpet parts in that, and they're yeah. ad- they are absent from Percy Jackson. It does make it feel a little watered down. Yeah, it just that, that, I think that's having, and that's the way I listened to it. I mean, I listened to the first score, and then I came into the second score, and that was maybe why I was even more disappointed by it. I just, um, I, I don't know what happened. Um, and even though the, the rock elements don't interest me, the the, the the kind of synthesizer percussion it, it it just doesn't sound like anything I'm not gonna fresh is the wrong word but it's just those are elements that you you can hear in any type of score that any composer can do and I kind of expected a bit more from from Lockington in this but then again it could have been the case of temp trackitis and producers wanting this and that and not really giving him the freedom that uh, maybe he he deserved on this project but it looked like a mess from the beginning anyway um, but you know, again, why was Christoph Beck not brought back to score the sequel? It, it's just mind blowing because he wrote a fantastic score for the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so not everyone thinks it's good. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, I didn't mean I didn't mean to go into that. But um, hey, just one question no, though. A- the again, it's tough for me to think about it. But does Lockington use the theme Beck's theme, or did he write a variation on it using the I've same heard sort of some harmonies? Say that he does. I can't hear it. I think that I, if I, I think there is maybe one there's like the, I think like sort of the B phrase of the main theme has a few has some similar structure or or, or harmonic language in it, but I think it's a coincidence if there is anything and I can't really hear it. All right, that would have been nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that <laughs> so Percy Jackson is that one, is one of your and then top the other scores. one I didn't get to mention was Planes by Mark Mancina, which oh, yeah. really was that a pleasant good. surprise for me. It's true. That is a good, a good one, yeah. I missed that one too. Great, great theme. Yeah, a great really nice theme. Just lots, lots of fun, fun sort of '90s media ventures, melodic action music. Um, there's that one sort of pseudo Life of Pi Indian romance theme, which was yeah, out of yeah. nowhere. Oh yeah, Ishani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, it's was, it was like <laughs> Indian music crossed with like Days of Thunder or something. <laughs> Yeah, what the movie does is it's a race around the world, and one of the planes is supposedly Indian. So, and yeah, the that, just whatever. Yeah. Okay, we yeah, don't care. But so that's where it comes from. <laughs> is the movie that bad? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's I haven't bad. seen it. Is it? Oh, that's so sad. It's so sad because this is like Manchina coming back, and he was like really excited about the score. Um, yeah. But yeah. The movie itself. I mean, like worse than Cars 2, apparently. Yeah. Cars 2 is t- not even. Wow. And the thing is, my <laughs> kids love it. Oh. <laughs> so you must endure oh, it. Oh, I, I have to. And you know what? I love Chiquino as well, and I have to endure that music <laughs> all the time. That was not his finest hour. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I did like, all I right. like the first Cars. Oh. I like the first Cars. It was actually yeah, pretty good. Okay. I mean, it's not Pixar's finest okay. moment, but. Um, yeah, it was okay. th- these are cash grabs, and I'm glad. That was the I'm, first time I was ever disappointed with a Pixar film was Cars. That was it was the first time I was like, oh, I mean, it was okay, but they set such a high bar, mm-hmm. yeah, super high, super high. I think it's been dropping a little bit though recently. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt it has. I mean, they're into sequels now, which yeah. I'm like, oh. I mean, Toy Story is like, the okay. only one I can accept for sequels, really. 
and I wasn't a big fan of that whole franchise. Um, uh, which, yeah. Did you have any thoughts about planes? The score. I know you said something in our last episode, Richard, about. Um, um, I think the main Top theme is really, really, really great. Yeah. Um, it's probably otherwise, the best theme written this year. Yes, I think definitely one of the best themes of the year for sure. Um, otherwise, it's hmm. yeah, it's good. But when mm-hmm. I play it, it's normally just the main theme because it really gotcha. is fantastic. It's no Iwashiro. No, it isn't. <laughs> Nobody. Is. Or Sato. He hasn't done anything. This whole, he this needed whole a break year. for crying out loud. Like Gosh, score this guy, year or something. These guys crank these scores out. I'm like, I don't know how they do it. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's the summer. Obviously, we've had a few disappointments, but I think we've had more um, that we were pleased with mm-hmm. than disappointed with by a long shot, which is which is great. And uh, I, I come out of the summer feeling pretty good overall some big blips on the radar but overall i'm like you know what i had there's some music that i listened to this summer that i really enjoyed um and, and that's a good feeling to have you've been listening to soundcast episode 65 our summer review i want to thank our guest eric woods of cinematic sound radio you can check him out on twitter at sin sound radio and also check the site cinematic sound radio.com where he's got a great feature two-part feature with tim burton an interview with bruce broughton also want to thank Kristen romanelli of film score monthly online film score monthly the magazine for coming on as well you can follow her on twitter at watcher jr Please do contact us. Let us know what, you, what your favorite summer movie scores were. And you can do so by emailing us at soundcast at tracksounds.com. You can leave us a voicemail on SpeakPipe, our little widget on the site. Follow us on Twitter. Tweet at us what your favorite scores were for 2013 summer at TrackSounds. Also, we're there on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash TrackSounds. You can always listen to us on Stitcher Radio, on iTunes, and even on TuneIn Radio. And, of course, we're on YouTube as well, where you can find Soundcast Vault episodes, composer interviews, unboxings, all kinds of great stuff there, which is youtube.com slash tracksounds. So for the entire crew, this is your host, Christopher Coleman. I want to thank you for listening, and until we're on together again, we want to say, may those notes be with you.